0: What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Football Sixers Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and the Sixers have officially finished their regular season. They have locked in their seeding and will go against the Toronto Raptors, the four seed versus the five seed in a seven-game series, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about the ending to this year. Sixers looked like they could have got the one seed all the way down to the four, ended up with the four, but also ended up with uh, not playing Brooklyn, so... You know, it might be for the best. Honestly, the Raptors uh, have a tough squad. This is a squad that has given Philly trouble this year. um, 1-3 against the Sixers this season. But compared to some of the other teams they could have played, if they would have uh, gotten those top seeds, like I mentioned, Brooklyn, a team like Cleveland or Atlanta, whoever wins that game could give some trouble. So... I'm not too upset with this seeding. I think if they end up winning in this first round, it could be really big because the Nets will play um, the Celtics, who are on the opposite side of the bracket. So that should be good for the Sixers. And before I get into all of the details of the series, all of the matchups, the keys and all that, I just wanted to take a quick second to shout out our friends over at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. They're uh, the most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the planet. You get all your NBA news there. Not only is it fast, but it's super reliable and provides analysis. Again, that's at ethosfantasybk. So hopping a little bit into these actual rosters. um, We know the Philly roster well, of course, ending the season um, pretty much fully healthy, which is nice. Um, The Matisse-Thibault vaccination situation will be something talked about a little later. But let's just take a little look at this Raptors squad because I think they're extremely underrated. Um, They lost Kawhi, and I think a lot of people just wrote them off as a team who kind of um, isn't that strong. But Siakam has really uh, thrived, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA at this point. Um, super talented player, averaging incredible stats, hurt a little bit. That's why I didn't make an all-star team this year. But him and Van Vliet are really, really good one-two punch and surrounded by their nucleus. It's definitely a team that can give the Sixers trouble, as we've seen throughout the regular season. I mentioned Pascal averaging 23, 8.5, and 5.5, which is an insane stat line. I mentioned Van Vliet putting up his own 20 points and 7 assists. Um, those two really work well together. But the reason they do is because of the uh, core that Toronto has surrounded them with and I think the biggest piece of this core in my personal opinion is Gary Trent and I know they have Scotty Barnes and I know they have OG who are both incredible players incredible defenders but the spark that Gary Trent provides with his elite shooting averaging 18 points a game along with like 1.7 steals this year uh near the league leaders um he's been overlooked for most improved player he's super super talented creates his own shot looks like uh Little more polished Seth Curry, which is crazy to say more polished than Seth Curry, but it seems like he just incredible shooter, a little more athletic, a little quicker, like a younger Seth. If uh, Seth had been this good in the start of his career, um, and yeah, Gary Trent is just super. Uh, he holds the team together really well, and he's going to be really tough for the Sixers, especially because we know that uh, the Sixers like to give up a lot of open shots uh, from the three-point line. But going along, I mentioned OG and Scotty Barnes. These are two guys that I'm terrified of. Um, both really long, good defenders, uh, can put the ball in the basket, can rebound the ball well. Of course, Scottie Barnes, a rookie, uh, outplaying his expectation. Honestly, him and Evan Mobley and Cade, I guess, fighting for that Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm not sure who I'd give the edge to. scotty has been super impressive, and I'm worried about him nonetheless, Um, especially without Matisse in away games. Um, Yeah, they got a strong, strong starting lineup. And their bench is strong as well. They got Chris Boucher, a sixer killer. Um, They have Precious Achua. We know uh, the shooting bigs always kill the sixers. So it's going to be rough to... uh, to watch that, and with that being said, uh, that leads me to my next uh, my next topic of the backup center it's been the probably the hottest topic among sixers fans uh, right now. everyone's furious um, with first of all they're furious that Paul Reed didn't play. then in the last game of the season has an incredible game, and Doc dismisses it saying it's not the Paul Reed victory tour we 're going to play whoever we need. But this series looks like it has B-Ball Paul written all over it. Shura, Chua, and Boucher, like 7'6", 10", whatever. But DeAndre Jordan cannot keep up with them. They're young, they can stretch the floor, and this seems like an assignment for B-Ball Paul all the way. Um, If DeAndre Jordan comes trotting out on that floor and lets up some open threes and he stays on the floor, Sixers fans are going to riot, believe me. So I'm really hoping we see B-Ball Paul step on the court. Um, Also, this is going to be a little bit of an issue, I think, for Embiid. Because they're going to want his minutes ramped up for the playoffs, of course. He already plays his insane minutes. And having to guard guys who can stretch the floor like that takes a toll on you. Um, we know we've seen him beat at times get a little lazy on defense, especially in the first half of games. But you can't do that in the playoffs. I think we're going to see a different Joel, which is crazy to say because he's already been an MVP candidate. I'm not sure if he'll win it, but he's obviously in the conversation. But I feel like we're going to see that aggressiveness we see right at the beginning of the season where he's all in on defense. Looks like a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, He honestly still might make a defensive team this year. But I think we're going to see him uh, getting on the floor, doing his dirty work. So that's going to be awesome to see. Um, with that being said, I don't think Joel is the X Factor in this series. I think Joel is going to do his thing no matter what, but I don't think that's going to decide whether the Sixers win the series. For me, it's pretty obvious. The X factor is James Harden. James Harden can go from looking like uh, old James Harden putting up like 25 and 15 assists to shooting like three for 15. So we're going to need James to really step up, make his shots, be aggressive, get to the line, set up his teammates, and be a good all-around player. We can't see him force things. He wants his ring. It's his time to get his ring. This is the best chance he's had roster-wise and talent-wise. But we've seen, uh, especially at the end of the year, him being super inconsistent. So we're really going to need him to find a rhythm. Uh, it'll be very fun to see Tyrese Maxey. We saw last year as a rookie. That was when he flourished the most, honestly, in all of last season. I think it's when Sixers fans really started to realize him, aside from the couple starts he had when uh, Ben Simmons was out last year. but. Uh, Yeah, Tyrus Maxey's built for this. He loves the game. He loves that atmosphere. Last year, he would check in for a couple minutes and score a ton of points. Sixers fans got really hyped. So now him in a premier role, I think it's going to be awesome to see. And Harden and Maxey versus Fred VanVleet and Gary Trent is going to be a great guard matchup to watch in this series. I'm really looking forward to it. Um... Embiid versus Siakam, you know, that's a good matchup, but I don't think they're going to be just fully guarding each other the whole time. Siakam, obviously, super fast, uh, pretty strong, not quite as tall. I think they're going to end up putting a guy like Precious or Boucher on Embiid uh, with help side from Siakam. But overall, some of the keys in this series that I want to get to um, starts with that and Joel dominating inside. Because you look at Siakam, you look at Boucher, and both of these guys are very skinny. They don't have the size that Joel does. Joel seems like he should be able to use his strength, get inside. He had a period of, like, five or six games. I remember the Spurs game was one of them. And Joel would just put his head down and get to the cup and just dunk on everybody. Um, You know, maybe not exactly that against this team with this good of defense. But something along the lines of, you know, trying to get in the paint, uh, you know, Getting his back to the basket, uh, being strong with the ball, looking for the open man on cuts. Him and Matisse haven't connected quite as well on that recently, which is okay because Harden finds Matisse a lot and it's been a little bit different. But uh, on home games, seeing him make that pass to Matisse in a way, seeing it make the pass to anyone else um, would be great. My second key point would be to get out on shooters. I mentioned it earlier. The Raptors have great shooting on this squad. They're able to stretch the floor. Um, and honestly, a big part of that is that they're super athletic. So everyone on their team can put the ball on the floor, drive, and find the open man. Um, they have a very new school team um, with some old school mixed in on with their tenacious defense with OG and Scotty leading the way in that end. Chris Boucher, also a great rim protector. So it's going to be scary. But if you can get out on their shooters, force them to, as I said, put the ball on the ground but really come in the paint to Joel, I think that's the Sixers' best bet. Um, I mentioned earlier, but DeAndre Jordan should rarely step on the floor of this series, if at all. Paul Reed should be the primary uh, center, and I think that's a no-brainer. Maybe if he gets in foul trouble, which we've seen DeAndre Jordan steps in the game, maybe, but Sixers fans will not be happy if they see DeAndre Jordan coming in before B-ball Paul. Another really important thing in this series will be Danny Green's production. Um, Obviously, former Raptor, uh, won a championship with them, was a great member of that team. But Danny ended the season on a really high note for the Sixers, playing the best basketball he's played probably all year, um, knocking down his shots, playing good defense. So, with Matisse out, well, not potentially, with Matisse out on away games, um, we're really going to need Danny to step up big. And there's a chance Danny just starts every game just because of, you know, keep it consistent. Um, so, yeah, I think we really need to see Danny playing consistent basketball, showing this uh, this playoff experience, because that's one of the main reasons the Sixers have him on the squad. Sure, they didn't give up much for him. They gave up Al Horford to dump his contract, but they've kept him around because Danny provides that veteran leadership. That would be great to see. Along the lines of that, Tobias Harris's production, another guy that is really up in the air, We saw last year in that Atlanta series, he had like a crazy 35 point game and then he has games where he can't make a single shot. So seeing Tobias be aggressive, uh, he's been starting games really hot at the end of the year and then kind of cooling down. So to seeing him taking his open shots and sparking the offense when we need, I've mentioned it since Harden's been here. That's really all we need from him. Um, Yeah, and it's just frustrating to see when, when Tobias doesn't really be aggressive and just stands there while everyone else is struggling to shoot. You know, if Joel and Harden and Maxey are putting up big numbers, like they did in those first couple of games that Harden got here, sure, Tobias can stand there and do his part on defense, hit a shot when he's open. But if everyone's struggling, Tobias needs to put the ball in his hands, get to that low mid-post, shoot his fadeaway, shoot the shots that he's comfortable with, because we're going to need a spark. And it's frustrating to see that he never tries to take over as that spark. Um, and also real quick, I wanted to get to the home of tea situation. But before we do that, I just wanted to take a quick second to shout out our partner here at Sports Ethos, uh, Thrive Fantasy. Everyone go and prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos at sign up for an 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100 plus either two to four free game tickets to play. Player props on the biggest names every night. You can score points when the props hit, and the players with the most points share of the nightly prize money. Also, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Again, the code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Make sure you go check them out. And now getting to this Matisse situation, presented itself very last minute when the Sixers traveled to Toronto and realized, hey, Matisse can't play. Um, Matisse put out a whole statement, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole logistics of if he should be vaccinated or not, not my place to speak on it, but I will talk about how it affects the team itself. Matisse is a very wishy-washy player, has some huge games for the Sixers where he gets five steals, four steals and uh, provides a huge spark. Other games where he's a liability on offense, picks up some quick fouls and, you know, I think that Matisse's absence will hurt a little bit, but I think in this first round series, the Sixers should be able to take care of business, and losing Matisse will not affect whether they win or lose this series. First of all, they have home court advantage, so Matisse will be able to play, obviously, in Games 1 and 2. If it gets to a Game 7, he'll be able to play Game 5. So, or, excuse me, yeah, Game 5. So, Matisse should be able to play in the games that are the most important for the Sixers, but nonetheless, Danny Green, uh, George and Yang being here helps a lot. Um, as long as the guys on the bench can step up and play some solid basketball, you know if we can get some good Furcon minutes, some good Shake minutes, Shake with 30 points in the last game of the season, we can get a little bit of that. That would be incredible. But you know, not expecting 30 from Shake, obviously. But you know, just that that production off the bench will make up for it. I think pretty easily, as I've mentioned all year. Sixers have a lot of depth at that forward position, so if there is somewhere for the Sixers to go down, I think Matisse is. Obviously, the best member of the starting lineup not to be able to play and is not too, too impactful regarding a starter. Um, I think Niang is going to play a huge part in this series, especially with Matisse out. Um, You know, Niang's been very consistent all year. Obviously, I think our best three-point shooter, honestly, even with James Harden on the roster, which is crazy to say. Um, Obviously, Seth was great before. But Niang's been super consistent, hitting the most threes in Sixers history in a season off the bench, I believe. So I think he's going to hit some key shots and some key moments. But I'm really hoping we see playoff Joel Embiid. We see him motivated to win that ring uh, more confident than ever, as he should be. Um, I really wish they announced the MVP before all of the playoffs so that Joel could have that extra fire because I personally think that it's going to go to Jokic. I think Joel has earned it, but I also think Jokic has done enough this season, and the uh, the stats, the analytics, everyone seems to be leading um, on the side of Jokic. A little frustrating for Sixers fans, but Joel took home the scoring title nonetheless, and I think he is going to be out for his championship. I don't think that he's the type of guy that cares more about MVP. We've seen how much Joel wants to win. We've seen his double fist pumps at the end of games that don't matter at all. Uh, against Atlanta, against Charlotte, some random opponents. Jabal got really excited. Going to do a quick look ahead. If the Sixers do happen to win this series, my prediction, first of all, is Sixers in six. Um, I think it's going to be a tough series. There's a solid chance it goes to seven. Would not shock me if the Sixers don't come out of the first round. A very tough opponent. But um, if they do manage to make it out of the first round, they should go up against probably Miami in the second round. And... Call me crazy, but um, Miami is the team I would want to see the most in the second round, uh, aside from some miracle upset. Um, you know, if you look at the East, you got on one side, um, you got the Nets, you got the Celtics, you got the Bucks, and you got the Bulls. Obviously, the Bulls would be a great matchup, but I would think the Bucks would take care of business, and then either the Celtics or the Nets are a crazy hard matchup. And on our side of the bracket, you have the Heat, and then you have the winner of Hawks versus Cavs. Obviously, the Hawks knocked the Sixers out last year. They don't look quite as strong this year. Trae Young looks incredible. He's having a great season. But I would take my chances against Atlanta if they happen to pull that out. i take my chances against Cleveland. And i take my chances um, against Miami over the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets. Miami has been really impressive. They've had role players step up all season. But the fact that they don't have these bona fide stars... Carrying their team makes me feel good because in the playoffs, a lot of times you see these big stars taking over games. Obviously, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are some pretty big stars. Don't get me wrong. But if anyone uh, out of like Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Giannis, I think I would uh, prefer to go against Miami. So this should be a really exciting series. I'm really looking forward to game one. Um, you know, the atmosphere in Philly should be awesome. Awesome. Joel wants revenge against the Raptors, obviously. Um, The Raptors are fired up, I'm sure. Um, They're excited to prove what they can do without Kawhi. So, should be an excellent series. Um, Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And before we sign off, really quick, I just wanted to remind everyone to use code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals over at mybookie.ag and use code hoopall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses. And uh, thank you again for listening. And remember to keep trusting that process.